It is WrestleMania Backlash Sunday. I am Alfred Kunawa here with the Wrestling Inc. podcast, joined, as always, by Wrestling Inc. founder Raj Giri. What's going on, Raj? Uh, a lot. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing uh, great. Uh, great on a pay-per-view Sunday and very honored for the first time to be hosting a wrestling podcast with one of the GOAT referees and Ooh. somebody who's a great contributor to the Wrestling Inc. podcast, Maple Leafs extraordinaire fan, Jimmy Corderas. How's it going, Jimmy? Uh, it could be better. I'll tell you what. Thanks to the pay-per-view, at least it, the night wasn't a total loss. Because yes. <laughs> the least was the least... I don't know what the language restrictions are here, but they did poop the bed. Let's put it. Right. Feel free to let loose. <laughs> yeah, we, we understand, Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a pretty good pay-per-view that we will get into to talk about uh, WrestleMania Backlash, our thoughts. Uh, already getting a lot of thoughts in the chat, so thank you for joining us. But before we get into the pay-per-view, some pretty notable news from this weekend. Roman Reigns causing somewhat of a stir by teasing that he might be leaving WWE for a while. Um, in an update to that, according to Fightful, one source backstage in WWE said that Roman is still heavily figured into the creative plans for the foreseeable future, and they don't see him leaving anytime soon. But uh, this is a, a couple times now uh, recently where Roman Reigns seems to be uh, teasing possibly going to Hollywood to take a break, much like his cousin, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. What do you think about these developments, Jimmy? Uh, it, it's very interesting. And in, in in one sense, I'm kind of a little surprised, but at, on another uh in the other hand, I'm not because I'm watching Roman Reigns now and he has really developed into this character that, that he's portraying right now on WWE incredibly well. And we also know about his uh, other ish health issues that he has. So I think he's smart for him to plan down the road. And if these reports are correct, that it's not in the foreseeable future, but it's, he's looking down the road for, for you know, for, for future, it's very smart. And I think he's someone who could excel it. And uh, well, you look at, like you said, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, his cousin. You look at guys like John Cena, who's now starting to, to uh, Dave Batista. You know, people, I think Hollywood is starting to recognize that people from the world of, of pro wrestling, sports entertainment can be entertaining in their profession as well. It's funny that you see that with wrestlers and you don't really see it with other athletes. You're not hmm. seeing. Tom Brady getting these big movie roles or, you know, you know, uh, them taking a shot at, you know, uh, even LeBron James is a gigantic superstar and he was in Space Jam. But, you know, uh, he's not getting all these movie roles like a John Cena or, or The Rock. So it is interesting how I think The Rock has just changed so many things for pro wrestlers and and uh, just made them made the studios look for the next rock. But, you know, regarding Roman Reigns. He just looks the part. He looks like a movie star. He looks, you know, I mean, uh, my wife, when you put him next to Jason Mamela, <laughs> she's picking Roman Reigns. <laughs> I was just I was just thinking that same thing. I was thinking, boy, he would be uh, the next Aquaman or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason Mamela wants Roman Reigns to stay with WWE more than anybody because he's coming for all his jobs, all of his roles. It's kind of, they'll get him at a discount and he'll probably draw in a bigger audience by himself than Jason Mamela would uh, because of the wrestling crossover. But I, I agree with you, Raj, in saying that a lot of athletes do not really translate uh, into those roles, but wrestlers in terms of athletes, not only are they athletes, but there's also an entertainment component to that. They have to know how to emotionally manipulate a crowd in the best 
wrestlers know how to do that. And because of those wrestlers that Jimmy Corderas mentioned as being success stories, now it's more of a mainstream thing to accept these wrestlers. And, it, and that's a path that the, the Rock did carve. And I fully expect Roman Reigns to cross over and be a big star because of the skills that he's uh, developed as a movie star. And it's something you see with stand-up comedians where they know a similar skill set to manipulate an audience and get their reaction. And you see a Kevin Hart, a Robin Williams, whatnot, crossover from stand-up to being a movie star. Right. No, absolutely. But that being said, I don't see Roman ever leaving WWE. I think at worst, he moves to, you know, a schedule like The Rock or Cena did uh, Mm -hmm. earlier on in their movie careers where they're on and off. And then if he gets big enough, you know, something Mm -hmm. more akin to what we're seeing with Cena now. Yeah. And 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 like like you both have been saying, it is uh, the entertainment business as as much as some fans dislike the term sports entertainment. It's exactly what it is. You're portraying a character, you know. Uh, how many times do you see a pro athlete go out there and cut a promo? Right. We, we, we've referred to somebody being upset with someone else and, and you know, going off on them in, in an interview as cutting a promo, but it's not really cutting a promo. They're just, you know, they're not given, um, okay, here's who you're portraying in this, you know, right. interview, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, so that should be very interesting. Something to look out for. Um, more of a long-term storyline, I think, uh, than anything immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The tornado, Anthony. Why? My guy says that's because Roman Reigns fears the tornado. Raj, I don't know if you're familiar with this gentleman, but uh, this is one of the goat contributors to the wrestling Inc. family, as he is teasing that uh, when Roman Reigns comes to, I believe it's Wichita, Kansas, that there will be a confrontation. Hopefully, all a storyline or kayfabe or what. Stand back, there's a tornado coming. There you go. There is a tornado coming. That warning is up to a seven, I've heard. Anti-M, it's a twister. (laughs) And uh, I want to say a big thank you. Thanks, Ricky. Uh, Yes, everyone in my family is fine. Uh, They're all 100% Mm. recovered. I'm I'm about 80. I'm still a little stuffed up. This felt like a cold. And, uh, you know, when COVID first hit, it was like a very serious flu with loss of smell and all these weird other side effects. This has just been like a bad cold with weird brain fog, but outside and some body aches, but you know, uh, we've been fine. My, one of my daughters never had any symptoms. We weren't even going to test her, but we're like, we might as well test everyone. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're all, we're all good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Well wishes to Raj and your whole family. I'm yeah, sorry you had to go through that, but yeah. Yeah. Great to hear that. The the thing that really sucked, and the reason why I tested on Saturday is I I thought it was just bad allergies. And Mm. uh, but we had all these Mother's Day plans this weekend with my mom, my wife's mom. We're like, Mm. you know, if we're seeing all this family, we should make sure, you know, that it's Mm. not good call. Because my wife and my daughter were sick earlier in the week. My wife got tested and tested negative, tested again, it was positive. So no. Right. Yeah, we tested. All the Mother's Day plans were canceled, but you know, we'll, we'll mm. rescheduling those. There you go. But happy yeah. Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes, I'm not yes, very much you know, so. <laughs> happy <laughs> Mother's Day. No, seriously, mm. yeah. Happy Mother's Day to you and all of yours. It's a great day on the calendar. Very underrated holiday. Yes, it is. And you know uh, what? I don't. I don't like WWE doing pay per views on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Either. No. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass if you got kids and that don't watch wrestling or parents that don't watch wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. you got to end plans early. And, yeah. Can, yeah. Can you imagine uh, taking your mother to a, to a, uh, a pay-per-view or a premium live event on Mother's Day? <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> My yeah. dad would love it <laughs> on Father's Day. 
But, in know. Rhode Island, I'm sure there were some of those families there, and they seem to be having a good time. I think I know. I, I, I took yeah. my mom to a Raw one time. It was her first wrestling yeah. event. She, she had yeah. fun. My my <laughs> mom and dad came to one event that I worked here in Toronto. It was a it was TV here in Toronto, and the only reason they came was my wife. Yeah. Mm. Conv- convinced them to come. Her parents were in town, and my parents, and uh, she contacted. Uh, some friends of mine and said, Hey, uh, Jim's parents are coming out for the first time and my parents can we get them in. And that was a f- f- one and only time they came. <laughs> my dad, my dad says, I'm perfectly fine watching you from the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we watched this pay-per-view from the couch, uh, WrestleMania backlash 2022. Before we get into it, I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on the event. If you could, uh, starting with you, Jimmy. For the most part, I thought it was enjoyable. I, I think it exceeded expectations because I think people were thinking this as a transitional pay-per-view bridging the gap from WrestleMania to uh, what's coming up next, which is Hell in the Cell, I believe. Is it? I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yes. In June? June? Yes. So uh, I thought for the most part, it, it it exceeded expectations. There were a couple of little things here and there, of course. You know, there's, you know, there's always something to rant about. Is a cheap plug there? Um but, uh, you know, for the most part, I thought it delivered. Raj, yeah, do you think I, that WrestleMania Backlash delivered? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it had such low uh, uh, low expectations going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, one title match. How many titles do they have? Like six? And not even the 24-7 oh, title was defended. <laughs> you have all these titles, and uh, you only have one title match. I, You know, it's one thing. Outside of the Ronda versus Charlotte player match, if you missed the show, you didn't really miss much, uh, storyline-wise. But I thought, and this is the case with a lot of WWE pay-per-views that are just poorly promoted, that are almost an afterthought. They end up over-delivering. And this, if you watched it, I think you would have enjoyed it. I thought top to bottom, it was a fun show. Uh, I thought every WrestleMania rematch, there was four of them on this. All of them were better than the original WrestleMania match. Yes. And then the main event was was great. I I just felt like it shouldn't have been the last match. I think Ronda Rousey and Charlotte should have been the last match. Ronda Rousey and Charlotte, I thought, tore it up. Really fun match. Um, So I thought it was a really enjoyable pay-per-view. It started off strong, too. Absolutely. Let's get into that starting opening match. Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. Now, this was just your old school kind of type storytelling, also real sports element to it, because the story story into this, Seth Rollins was caught off guard. He ran into a buzzsaw. So this time, now that it's not a surprise opponent, he will be prepared for Cody Rhodes as opposed to being surprised at WrestleMania. And that was the story of the match is one counter Mm -hmm. after another from Seth Rollins. He counters a drop down punch by grabbing his fist. We get a couple of disaster kicks counters, one of which was a buckle bomb. Uh, Cody Rhodes tried a moonsault and missed. Seth Rollins, I believe, countered three crossroads and in the end of this really a uh, hot match uh, got the crowd into it this is awesome chance cody rhodes wins how by countering seth rollins's o'connor roll for the three count so uh to mm. me very good storytelling excellent opener i just thought r.i.p to this pay-per-view after this match but what were your guys's thoughts starting with you raj i thought it was great uh i you know i thought the their wrestlemania match was awesome and i thought this was probably even better um you know, Seth Rollins, I had pointed out on Twitter that he hasn't won a singles match, a televised singles match in almost three months. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those guys that doesn't affect him. He's a made guy. It would be like CM Punk. CM Punk could lose all the time. It's not going to hurt his star power. Seth Rollins is kind of the same way, even though I do think uh, 
with so few main eventers right now, anywhere near Roman's level, he's one of those guys that you could probably elevate and it makes sense to. He shouldn't have won here. It made sense for Cody to win. Great match. Great ending. Cody, um, you know, if Roman does take time off down the road to, to leave for Hollywood, Cody would be my pick to be the next champion. Drew, we've been there. He's already there. He's already You could already put him in the top spot. But I think having someone new uh, put into that mix makes all the sense. And Cody, to me, is the one that's closest to making sense in that that spot. No, I, I, you know what? I have to agree with that, especially considering the story that Cody has been telling since he came back, that he wants to win that championship, that world championship in honor of his dad, his late father. And, you know, it almost feels like if he doesn't win the championship now, my goodness, that's, oh, it, it, it would almost be terrible for him not to win the title. So who knows? Maybe he is the one to finally uh, dethrone it. And we could put it this way as well, because Roman Reigns is still coming to the ring with two title belts. So there is a chance that they may separate them again and make one you know, the universal championship, the SmackDown title again, and, and the world WWE championship, the raw championship. So you, you, you could still have him lose one of the titles or put one of the titles up against Cody and, and Cody fulfill his mission with Roman still being a champion. You could always do like a money in the bank cash in like Cody wins money in the bank cashes in on Roman. Mm. And then later they say, well, Per the money in the bank stipulation, it's only for one of the. You can only do it for one of the belts. So, right, and that's a way to kind of split them up back up again. Mm-hmm. Right now, they haven't made any hints at uh, at splitting those titles up. But the fact that he is coming with both belts, they haven't made a unified belt or anything. And then also, um, there's been these reports of exclusivity within the networks wanting exclusivity with uh, certain superstars, and I could see that leading to WWE kind of forcing their hand by splitting them up, and so that Roman Reigns maybe only shows up on Friday nights. And and Cody has made reference to the the winged eagle belt several yeah. times, so you never know it may it may make a return. Oh, uh, that's my that's my favorite belt. I got uh, that's the only replica replica belt I have in my office. Tremendous, Tremendous. that's great. Yeah, it's my favorite belt too. Uh, on the '90s kids of Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, that was their belt. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. but at, but at the end of the day, like they say, you want to start off a pay per view hot. This match started at hot, and like you said, Alfred, the the they told a great story. But what helped also tell that story were the announcers. I thought they did a wonderful job of helping. Oh yeah, tell that story in words as well, so that you know it was a good combination of both. Yeah. Uh, Sheed Black with the four ninety nine super chat saying, mm-hmm. "Raj here after a Sunday pay per view. Kudos, lol. I've been here for the." I think I was here after hey. the WrestleMania Sunday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we go to our next match. It is uh, Bobby Lashley versus Omas. So this is uh, kind of your, uh, a very interesting match only because Bobby Lashley not only looks half of Omas's size, despite being the bigger guy 90% of the time, but he is playing the little guy. Uh, it's Bobby Lashley jumping on Omas, just trying every trick uh, from a little guy standpoint to try to outmuscle Omas and eventually getting uh, Omas in a standing spine buster. Uh, I liked where Omas was carrying around Bobby Lashley, just throwing him around and he's screaming, he's too small. I thought that was the funniest part of the match, but uh, not too much heat for this match until Bobby Lashley's comeback. I felt they're really into that. Uh, but uh, MVP interfered with a cane shot to Lashley after mm-hmm. Lashley uh, hit the post with a 
missing shoulder tackle, and Omas won with a uh, double choke slam or double fisted choke slam. I, I was very surprised with this outcome, but uh, what did you guys think about this starting with you, Jimmy? Um, I thought the match was okay. I, I wasn't overly impressed. Here, here's the issue I had. I, I didn't like. I, I, I get the part about MVP interfering in the match. I didn't like that he physically interfered. I I, th- I wish it could have been done differently, where he didn't actually, you know, jab uh, Bobby with the with the um, the cane or anything like that. Uh, to me, it took away from 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 Omas because at the end of the day, you guys both know the old saying. You can get over without going over. Omas went over, but I don't think that the ending of that match got him over, if that makes sense. The way it should have anyways, for me. I I don't think the audience bought into that too much. Yeah. You know, I feel like Lashley, like this was his first singles televised loss since... uh, I think last October, September, when he had that match with Big E in the cage on Raw. But um, I feel like you need guys for Roman. You need, you know, contenders. And we'll get into the main event later. But you need to really start building people up. And and uh, Lashley is one of those guys that has a claim to that title. You know, he lost it in an elimination chamber, which he was never able to get in and never got a rematch. He beat Brock the last time they faced each other. So he has you know matches waiting for brock and roman so i think you know it doesn't hurt him that much or anything like that but it does kind of uh, take the edge off a little bit mm-hmm. of him with him losing to omas even though they tried to protect him with the cane but i still felt like felt like lashley should have won again and granted mm-hmm. uh i'm sure there's probably going to be a third this you know given that mvp interfered mm-hmm. there's going to be a third match i'm sure at probably hell in the cell but uh yeah, I, I just don't think Lashley should have lost. Yeah, and I think that in the span of the two months of this feud, WWE has essentially took in the wind out of the sails of two top contenders, potentially, <laughs> where, you know, say what you will about Omas, how he's progressed in the ring, but he was an undefeated giant who had invincible. And if you carry that into a Roman Reigns match, that's very intriguing for a guy, given how built up Roman Reigns was. And then Bobby Lashley beat him. So then it's like, okay, yeah, like Raj says, he is entitled to a title shot because he never was beaten for his championship. You've got a story right there. You've got a hot guy who beat this giant. But for the giant to then beat him, now both guys are kind of canceled out. So I was very surprised with how they made this decision. Yeah, it's. A, it, I hate to use the term proverbial 50-50 booking, but uh, yeah. in this case, it... it I think it hurts it more than it helps anyway for both guys. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we'll see where they go from there. But, it looks like they're going back to Omos and Lashley. Yeah, but I do got to say, look, if you're expecting Flair and Steamboat with Omos and Lashley, <laughs> that's on you. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I did think this match was better than their WrestleMania match. I think, you know, I think Omos could use um, a little time where he's not on TV so much. He's used more as a special attraction and works – you know, the live events. And it's just really getting the time in, in, in the ring there, improving his skills. Cause he's got potential. He's, he's a natural athlete. Um, he just, it's a, a lot of the little details that, that just look off. And I think once he gets those down, uh, he could be a, a top star, but having him on TV every week just kind of exposes him a little more and more. Yeah. And you said, and you said something very, sorry to, to, to cut you off there, Alfred, but no, it, it, you said something very true and interesting. Raj is, is, I, I, today's schedule is not like it used to be. Right. Uh, like uh, the road, the road 
schedule was pretty hectic back in the day, but that's where guys got their reps in because you were on the road so much. You were, you were wrestling every night, you know, to whatever it was, 250, 300 days a year. So you were getting those reps in and you were getting to talk to people, you know, like in the locker room who could give you feedback, you know, especially guys who would say, Hey, can you watch my match tonight and, 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 and give me some, some feedback on it stuff like that. The schedule. Now they're starting to get back into the live events or house shows, but it's nowhere near what it used to be. Right. So they're not getting as many reps in. You're right, Roger. You know, keeping them off TV and using them in special circumstances would be a little better for them. Yeah, and that's the case with both generations, whether it's WWE main mm-hmm. roster and NXT 2.0. I feel like there's a lot of people in 2.0 who could use those mm-hmm. reps, and they're coming on live TV, unfortunately, in some cases. Yeah, I feel like they, for all these live events, you know, they should be taking six NXT guys and six NXT women, have them mm-hmm. do a, a six-man tag opening up the show, you know, almost like a dark match. Mm-hmm. And then after intermission, uh, you know, a, a six-woman NXT women's tag team match. And so mm-hmm. everyone's getting some experience in front of the live crowd. And, uh, you know, ideally, you know, you'd want them to have singles matches and things like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, take them on the road with you so they, they're not just in front of that NXT 2.0 uh, right. TV audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's get into another singles match from the pay-per-view that I thought was actually very good. Uh, Edge mm-hmm. versus AJ Styles. We get a new ring announcement for a- Edge in that they are just rattling off his accolades in terms of his ring mm-hmm. announcement. That was very funny in terms of him being a two-time Royal Rumble winner, uh, this, that, and the third. So, of course, we all knew mm-hmm. the story of this match going in, I think, to the surprise of nobody. The story of this match was Edge working over AJ Styles' mm-hmm. injured left arm, so they're doing all kinds of spots like that with... Uh, brawling on the outside there's some submission holds from edge designed to work this over uh, of course the stipulation of this match was that damian priest is not to interfere of course toward the finish damian priest <laughs> interfered in this match he was cut off by finn balor but then we get another interference from a mystery person who pulls down aj styles and costs him the match edge wins with a bulldog ch- choke uh, and the mystery person, Byron Saxon, of course, is screaming, who is he? Who is that guy? Who is this male? <laughs> and, of course, you know, great misdirection, Byron. But turns out I think a lot of people are expecting it. But a huge pop for Rhea Ripley, the newest mm-hmm. member of Judgment Day. Uh, what did you guys think about the match and the post-match angle, Jimmy? I thought I thought it was a good match. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and getting to the stipulation of the match, yes, Damian Priest was barred from ringside, mm-hmm. but I, he tried to play it off as, okay, look, I'm standing over here. Here's the line that cuts off ringside from the entryway, so I'm technically not ringside. I thought that was a little bit, eh. I love the fact that Finn Balor came out to make the save, so to speak, and kind of take the attention away so that the referee can... Can, but them rolling into the ring and doing it again, I wish it would have been done a little bit differently where they could have distracted the referee enough where Rhea comes in. And the only other issue I had with this match was I would have loved the reveal to have been held off until tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. I think let, uh, let it be, let it be, let that mystery sink in, let the, you know, the hood stay on and stuff like that. And, you know, and and let Byron keep going. Who is he? Who is he? <laughs> and then you tune in tomorrow night, and you find out it's Rhea Ripley. I That's like great. That. And before I get to, I'm sorry, Rod. Before we get to you, that is actually a good idea. That's what I thought they were going because there was a pause where it seemed like they were just going to go into the next segment, and I would have been all for that to where you just stretch that out as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's sometimes what's missing with wrestling these days is having those cliffhangers. Like, oh, you need to tune in to see what happens. 
and and in good cliffhangers, not like retribution, you know, <laughs> things like that. But you know, this was one that the fans loved. I, I, I you know, I thought this was great. I, I like Rhea Ripley uh, being in that role. I, I didn't even think about holding it off until you said it, Jimmy. But I do agree that would have been cool um, just to to build that suspense, and it makes that would make that pop even bigger. I thought this match was better than their WrestleMania match. Um, yeah, I thought it it delivered on on all counts. I thought Finn Balor looked kind of like a goof. Um, comes in to make the save, and, yeah. you know, just kind of immediately kind of out of the picture. So, mm-hmm. but I, I almost feel like Finn Balor should go back to being the demon permanently and be aligned with Edge's group. Oh, that'd be that'd be very interesting. Yeah, because I think him in this current this current you know mm-hmm. leather jacket collars up. Uh, it's it's not taking him very far, and I, I don't see him going very far. And you know, when he was uh, U.S. champion, he didn't even get. He, he, yeah, he was. Uh, he didn't even get on the WrestleMania card. Actually, mm-hmm. neither U.S. or Intercontinental Champion right. uh, were even on this pay per view. So I, I feel like yeah. he needs a a character. Uh, sorry, I'm, uh, the the brain <laughs> brain fog uh, kind of kicks in here and there, but uh, mm-hmm. he could use a, a little character tweak. And I think going yeah. full time to the demon, you don't have to do the full full body uh, paint, but your face and part of your mm-hmm. chest or something, it'll look cool. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you a fresh coat of paint, uh, no pun intended, and I think it'd be uh, really cool. Yeah, very mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, yeah, it looks like Finn Balor is actually going to be on the wrong side of the win-loss record throughout this feud. But now yeah. I'm more interested in Judgment Day with Rhea Ripley. I think this, mm-hmm. this faction has felt like it's missing something. And I think Rhea Ripley is going to be a, a good addition to this faction. Absolutely. Uh, we get into our uh, first women's match of the night. It's Charlotte oh, sorry. Flair One versus Ronda Rousey. Oh, go ahead. Is it, uh, sorry, before we move on, Cheat Black saying, everyone knew Ripley was joining Edge. Cool, though. <laughs> It was cool, and I don't, I, I don't want to say everybody knew. I, a lot of people speculated and were hoping. Nobody knew for sure. I mean, it could have been someone else. I, yeah. I, I, but I think uh, she's a, a good choice, and I think it should be very interesting going forward. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah the reason the pop been... was so big was because they were expecting Rhea Ripley, and when they got what they wanted, <laughs> they popped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she black also say the buckle bomb ruined the demon's career. Uh, mm. I mean, it, it that's uh, one of those sliding doors. What if, if he didn't yeah, get injured yeah. in that, that first mm-hmm. match at SummerSlam against Seth Rollins when he won the, the he's the first WWE Universal Champion? You just wouldn't right. know it seeing how he's booked right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unbelievable. Stephen Marchetulli with the 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Stephen, as always. Um, saying, do you think they do Cody versus Roman by SummerSlam? Who would you like to see work at WrestleMania 39? Oh, very interesting question. I mean, uh, is it too soon? I know it's, it's, we're not close to SummerSlam yet, but is SummerSlam too soon for this to happen? I like the story to be drawn out a little bit. And Obviously, we see what's happening. Uh, the rumors flying of uh, he might be meeting his cousin at WrestleMania 39 in LA next year. Uh, who's to say that Cody doesn't achieve his dream after that? I mean, I'm, I'm cool with a long storyline, you know, with Cody keep Cody getting sidetracked every once in a while, every time he goes after Roman. You know what I mean? Yeah, there is always that strike when the iron's hot, too, because there was Lex Luger, and I felt like him not winning, uh, beating Lex Luger, I mean, beating Yokozuna at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. 
I, that cooled him off quick and he just never got back to to kind of where he was. And that, that would be my only concern is that Cody right. cools off if, if, if he does lose a couple times uh, along gotcha. the way. So, you know, it's tough to say it, it all depends on yeah. Roman. If he, because Nick Khan, uh, WWE president, Nick Khan did kind of allude to Roman getting uh, outside movie projects and, mm-hmm. and that. And so if that happens, you kind of have to take the title off. I mean, you need to elevate someone. So, right. uh, but to me, um, work at WrestleMania 39, you know, we all have our wrestling fans or wrestling fans for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I made a tweet a couple of weeks ago when, when Darius Thomas versus uh, Ray Phoenix was announced for dynamite and it was announced as a dream match. And I was like, Oh, well mm-hmm. to me, it's not a, you know, that's not a dream match. And then mm-hmm. later I saw a tweet that Ray Phoenix, it's a dream, you know, I mean, it was for Darius. It was a dream match. I'm like, Oh, that's not Martin. Yeah. So I deleted that tweet because mm-hmm. that's his dream match. I don't want to be crapping on it. Yeah. To me, right. the dream match is Roman Reigns versus the rock. Yeah. You know, that is a dream match. That's just larger than life. Every, you know, it's going to get all yeah. sorts of attention. Um, and that would be what I'd like to see. And I know they're trying to make that happen. The Rock's schedule is something else. He could be running a football league this time next year. So, you know, yeah. who knows? But that yeah. would be my dream match. Yeah. The, the only reason I suggested that is because, you know, can you imagine Roman Reigns getting past his cousin, The Rock, and beating him, but Cody now beating the person that The Rock could not beat? You know, that kind of that kind right. of mentality is how I'm thinking. But. Yeah. Like you said, it, it, it is a little ways away and you run the risk of, uh, you know, yeah, losing, I do think losing momentum. SummerSlam right. is, I think, a perfect timeline because it's really not that far away if you think about in terms of storylines. Mm-hmm. We've got a Hell in a Cell, we've got Money in the Bank, and then SummerSlam. And I think it lines up to where if you came away from this pay-per-view, you would think McIntyre and Reigns and Roman uh, Randy Orton and Roman Reigns both came off as possible big matches. They could do mm-hmm. those in the next two pay-per-views before they get to Cody, and that would be within mm-hmm. the time where he's still hot, right. where they don't have to necessarily wait until April of next year. Who knows what could happen between now and then, given how volatile wrestling fans tend to be. I think SummerSlam yeah. would be perfect for those reasons. And like we said, he's still carrying two titles with him, so it yes. doesn't mean he's going to lose them both. Right. Absolutely. So um, we get into super chat. Uh, the tornado Anthony Y saying Alfred seven <laughs> is the day of my birthday, Pearl Harbor. I don't, I don't... It's a tornado speak. I really need to translate that for later, but thank you for the <laughs> Anthony Y coming from Roman Reigns. Apparently, uh, we've go. got Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. This is a brawl of an I quit match, a brawling early. We've got a callback to four years ago. When Ronda Rousey was brutally beaten with the kendo stick, now Charlotte Flair tried to use two kendo sticks on Rousey. Rousey countered and brutally beat Charlotte Flair with two kendo sticks. Great callback to Survivor Series 2018. Uh, we've got uh, Charlotte working uh, uh, Ronda Rousey over. We've got Ronda Rousey trying for armbar submissions. They're calling each other bitches throughout this match, asking if they quit. Uh, they are battling we want tables chance. Now, usually this is fine. It's probably a sign that the crowd's starting to get into it, but it seemed like they're battling it because they did not deliver any table spots and they were telling a different story than a story that i think demanded a, a table spot so they just kind of blew past that uh but this match really i thought leveled up for the finish where charlotte uh said happy mother's day bitch and went for the chair shot but then ronda rousey countered with an arm bar through the chair forcing charlotte flair to scream i quit uh raj what were your thoughts about this match I thought it was great. I thought it was way better than the WrestleMania match. It started off a little sluggish, but I thought it really picked up. Um, there was a funny part in this match where there was 
uh, someone dressed like a fiend, the, the yes! fiend at ringside. Pat mm-hmm. McAfee goes, wait, is that the fiend? It's like only he would say that. Only he would yeah. make that reference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they they busted their asses. They worked so hard. I thought um, uh, kudos. I, I thought this should have been the last match. Uh, you mm-hmm. had the title change. Uh, Ronda, you know, winning after, you know, what, what's it been? Two years, two years, three years since uh, three years. So that's many night. That was 30, 35. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I felt like that should have been a big moment. That should have been ending the show. But, out, yeah, you know, outside of the, the placement on the card, I thought this was this was great. Yeah. No, uh, uh, I hate to sound like uh, Captain Agreeable, but no, I, I agree totally that I think this match should have ended the show, especially considering it was the only championship match on the show. And with the eventual outcome, uh, I thought the the women worked really, really hard. And I also agree that it was be- I, better than their WrestleMania match. I was very entertained. Uh, I love the challenging part of matches like this when they go out into the crowd. To, to to battle because it's so di- uh, I, of course me obviously looking at it from a referee standpoint the you know the referee's job in there is to you know first and foremost is is protect the talent got to keep an eye out and make sure that they're okay but at the same time this is on pay-per-view slash premium live events so you've also got to stay out of the shot of the cameraman you know what i mean <laughs> so you're kind of trying to perform double duty there but like you said uh, the women worked really, really hard, and not to fast forward to the last match, but I'm glad they didn't do a table spot because of what happened yes. later on in the night. So, tells me, yeah. and and you talk about stuff that happens too much these days is too much repetition with, in in different matches with, uh, for example, using you know chairs or kendo sticks or whatever. They didn't do that tonight, and I'm glad that they held off on the table in this match. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see where they go from here in terms of Charlotte and Ronda, if they're done, if we get a rematch. But um, after this match, which I thought, too, was a very excellent match, uh, Corbin and Moss, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss mm-hmm. one-on-one had a tough time following this match. I will say, I thought these guys worked really hard. You got mm-hmm. Corbin out here doing sentons. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that. And uh, But crowd really wasn't into this. No. Uh, this feud, I think, has just gone on a little bit too long. And... Um, Madcap Moss won with a roll-up. Solid match, I think, but not one that the crowd was into, and I just don't think this feud has really done either of these guys very much, um, Raj. I think um, Madcap Moss is just better as a heel. The whole telling bad jokes, that's a heel thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you want your baby faces to be cool and telling good jokes. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, he and he's so good in that role. He, he's really good on the mic as a heel. Uh so yeah, and I also felt just the positioning. It was put in that that death the death spot, you know, which was mm-hmm. we, after a hot match before the main event, and uh, you know, no matter how hard they tried, they, they just couldn't get the crowd into it. But you know, it was it was fine for what it was, but it it was really kind of nothing. Uh, you know, I got to mm-hmm. say, Pat McAfee um, was just hilarious during this match. <laughs> yes, ripping on Corbin. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he was just. Going to town, and, and McAfee is just one of those where uh, him and Michael Cole have just become one of the mm-hmm. most entertaining wrestling commentating yeah. duos since probably since Jr. and King. I mean, they, they're yeah. fantastic. It's and, and it's because of McAfee; he's so good. 
Yeah. yeah, there's now going to be like two different Michael Cole careers for me to where I think Michael Cole always took a lot of heat uh, for his commentary and the mm-hmm. style that he had. But I think Michael Cole pre-Pat McAfee and post-Pat McAfee are two entirely different <laughs> commentators. And one of them might end up being in like my top five because he's just been a revelation. Even if you see him on camera when he was just going crazy for that mm-hmm. wee man comeback, I mean, just standing up like Michael Cole has developed. You can just see he's been rejuvenated. Yeah, you, you you can see that he's enjoying being out there with Pat McAfee. He's he, he's getting the rub off Pat, you know, of, of having fun again. So, yes, he, he, you can truly see the difference in in, in um, Michael Cole nowadays. And as far as the match itself, like I said, like you guys said, the match was fine. But the uh, the crowd, the audience, after what they had just witnessed and what they were anticipating, especially on this six match card, what was coming next, yeah, uh, they it, it almost felt like they viewed it as the transition match, right? So, yes. but 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 like you said, both guys worked hard, and it just it, it, you know sometimes the, the audience tunes out, and unfortunately for for a lot of this, they did. But but I think for people, if you didn't watch this show. It's worth watching just mm-hmm. the the commentary alone. Yeah. You know, I thought that that really helped make it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Black No Sugar, $5 Super Chat, um, saying, if Roman's final match is next year's WrestleMania, do you think it'll get the same treatment from the crowd during Brock versus Goldberg at WrestleMania 20? <laughs> oh, my I, goodness. I said no way. I, I Brock versus Goldberg were leaving, leaving. Mm-hmm. This is... Uh, I don't think Roman's going to be leaving, leaving no. pro wrestling. He's it's, sorry. Go ahead, Alfred. No, no, I completely agree with you. This is entirely different circumstances. It's also the opposite. This industry, especially WWE now has a completely different mindset when it comes to guys leaving. Brock and Goldberg got that reaction because WWE was pissed that they're going on leaving mm-hmm. and they leaked reports and kind of riled the crowd up into turning on them. This time Shane around, McMahon was cha- at, yes. in the crowd chanting, you sold out. Shane <laughs> McMahon leading, you sold out. They wanted that reaction. This is a different era administration. This is the Nick Khan era. Remember, Nick Khan was an agent, a very, very good mm-hmm. agent and a great deal maker, as we've seen from CAA. Mm-hmm. And he wants, he now seems to be coordinating. We're going to have him leave for six months, become a big star, come back, and we're going to sell out the garden next year or you know the sofi stadium next year in wrestlemania uh so mm-hmm. this is coordinated to where they will not turn on roman reigns if uh, it is perceived he's leaving yeah. no I, I can't see that happening you're right uh i could almost sense them wishing him well on his future endeavors oh, yeah. in a nice in a nice way like, you deserve it yes yes kind of yeah thank you yeah. roman i have all the merch ready <laughs> Yeah. Right, but I don't see his final match. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen that soon. He needs to have some movies under his belt. He needs to have some hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Roddy Piper kind of jumped the gun when he did it, and uh, you know, he was back two years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cool. Jamie Koharski with another super chat saying, "Hey, Jamie, sorry my bolts treated your leaf so bad. Oh, this no. one may go the distance." Oh, uh, well, apology accepted. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a tough one. It was a tough one for, for as we call them up here, the buds, the Maple Leafs. And uh, yeah, that series seems to be 50 50 booking as well. But uh, then game seven, if they go that far, you know, who knows? It'll probably go to overtime as well, just to make, you know, stretch it out as far as they can. But uh, uh, yeah, there's still a lot of hockey left to be played. Yeah, and so, I've seen so a lot of droughts. Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
I've just seen a lot of droughts end in my lifetime in sports to encourage you, Jimmy, whether it's the Cubs, you saw the Cavs finally win, mm-hmm. the Eagles finally won, and it, the Maple Leafs are the last white whale to kind of reach out <laughs> yeah. and grab that brass ring, and I think yeah. they do it. Yeah, for those who don't uh, know, it was 1967, mm. the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are one of the original six teams in the NHL to win the Stanley Cup. Is NHL, is that the biggest sport in Canada? Uh, Yeah. Bigger than CFL? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely yeah. the biggest, yeah. Right. Sheed Black is saying, Corbin is really talented. I hope he gets his shine eventually. You know what? It's it, it's funny because you talk about shine, but he gets his heat. He manages to, you know, he, he you talk about, you know, heels getting heel heat as opposed to cool heels getting cheered. Corbin gets heel heat like Miz gets heel heat. So he does, but he gets it in kind of a, a humorous way as opposed to a serious way. Like, you don't. He he's got a, he's got all the tools. He he's mm-hmm. great on the mic. He's got size. He he's got a cool look. But I think because he's been in such these comedy uh, gimmicks, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the and he he's done them well. Right. But I think you know even with Kurt Angle when he was kind of a comedy character, once he turned serious, it kind of changed for him more. Like mm-hmm. he became really at that top level, and I almost feel like Corbin at some point needs to become kind of dangerous. And he, he and he should be dangerous. He's got all the tools to be, but he doesn't feel that way right now. No, but uh, you compared him to Kurt, but Kurt was a lot funnier when he was doing his comedy. <laughs> well, Kurt's one of the, Kurt, he was oh one of my things. goodness, all time, yeah. All time comedic time, yeah. And I will say this: the one thing you can say about Corbin is that, in terms of doing his job well, I mean, we are in an era where we've seen countless talented performers being let go by WWE, shocked by mm-hmm. how kind of disposable WWE sees them as. And mm-hmm. Corbin seems like one of the few people in WWE who has job security. That I would be mm-hmm. absolutely shocked if I ever heard that uh, Corbin was released uh, in mm-hmm. terms of him being right. such a fixture in that WWE system. Right. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. been doing it a long time. I mean, he's, yeah. he, you forget how long he's he's been on the main roster. He's been there mm-hmm. a minute. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dream Ream Studio saying, it bothered me when they said Cody had ring rust. <laughs> yeah. I, to, I missed that line. No, I I want to say it was. Saxton. Jim, yeah, it was Byron Saxon. And he got corrected quickly by. Yeah. Uh, by um, uh, yeah. yeah. Corey Graves very diplomatically said without yeah. saying AEW, he just said, oh, no, he's been a competitor and a top star outside of WWE. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, you don't want someone with ring rust beating one of your top guys. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that was, I, I think it was just a, a bad, you know, these guys, the commentary isn't scripted. They'll get fed lines here and there, but, yeah. uh, you know, they're not yeah. always going to be. Like, I, I thought uh, on the pre-show, Booker T said something about Edge not being what he once was, mm-hmm. but he can still win like Ali did in his later years. And it's like, Edge is, you don't want to treat Edge like an old guy. You, <laughs> you know, uh, right. yes, he has been around for a long time, but his character is not that. His character right. is not some old Yoda character that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. recruiting these guys. He's right. supposed to be a current top star that's still in the mix. So mm-hmm. uh, I hope that wasn't scripted because I just feel like, you know, you don't want to make yeah. your your top star sound old. Right. And then uh, finally, Allison uh, Tuckwab saying, is that true that AEW is getting a lawsuit against them? Why they should have learned from WWE getting slammed with a lawsuit. If it, if that's true, AEW getting slammed with a lawsuit. So they are getting uh, a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. So this is 
a copycat lawsuit that um, they tried to hit us with <laughs> to, to be 100 uh, percent mm-hmm. where they say that y- y- the site's not totally compliant for deaf and blind people. And um, hmm. and it'll and they'll say, like, these images don't have alt tags. If, so mm-hmm. if you're a web developer, you'll you'll understand uh, or, you know, they'll try to find things wrong and they'll use a, a software that will go through and and find errors that hmm. can be fixed in 10 minutes, you know, and, and granted, you know, it's something that should be taken seriously and be fixed. But yes, AEW's shop AEW lawsuit apparently had things that were not uh, that were throwing those errors. And now they're hit with lawsuit and and it's not going to go away. They'll, they'll have to settle. I don't, it's not going to go to trial, but they'll, they'll be settling it. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, w- to- they, they had hit WWE with the same thing in the past. And I think different, that, there's a lot yeah. of different copycat lawsuits with the right. same thing. And I believe WWE settled as well too. So. Yeah, they did. Yeah. The all the, all with- everyone that's getting these is settling. Right. Americans with disability mm-hmm. act uh, suing for the yeah. compliance. ADA <laughs> compliances. Mm-hmm. ADA. What it is. Gotcha. And Wrestling Inc. is fully ADA compliant. Just saying. Hey, there we go. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, from the founder himself. <laughs> now, let's get into this main event. I thought it was a very great main event. Hey, listen, we talked about Corbin versus Moss not having much heat being kind of in the popcorn spot. It did sacrifice for, I think, what was a better show because of how hot this main event was. Uh, you got a lot of chance for Randy Orton. Very star-studded match. Everybody got their pops, but Randy Orton was very over with this crowd. Uh, they really did a lot to tease McIntyre versus Reigns, mm. where there was this awesome spot where mm. Reigns was kind of heckled into tagging any tags in. Fans are really excited for McIntyre and Reigns, and he immediately tags out. And Pat McAfee really made this just by cackling uh, like crazy, <laughs> saying how much he loved this spot. Uh, but very, very much heat on Reigns for doing this. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, eventually, we do get the showdown to Reigns versus McIntyre, albeit kind of on accident, as Reigns thought he was going to get Riddle, but in comes Drew McIntyre. They go at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all builds to a Randy Orton hot tag. This place goes crazy. We get RKOs, mm-hmm. Superman punch into an RKO, which uh, unbelievable has to be seen to be believed. Uh, mm-hmm. We get this uh, RKO to Jimmy. We've got super kicks, uh, a lot of finishers. Mm-hmm. McIntyre at one point did hit uh, Reigns with the Claymore kick, uh, but um, uh, at one point everybody's laid out. We get a big spot. Reigns, Uranagi on McIntyre through a table, and Reigns then blind tagged himself into the ring after an RKO from Riddle from the top rope, and Reigns hits the spear and wins the match for the bloodline. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about this main event, Jimmy? No, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it started off well. It told a great story. And you talk about Randy Orton, really, like I've mentioned before how Roman Reigns is in his element right now and stuff like that. But you look at someone like a Randy Orton, you talk about uh, possibly talking about one of the best hot tags, because you mentioned hot tag, one of the best, you know, babyface hot tags in the business right now. And you can tell that he is really enjoying what he's doing right now. I thought everything clicked here. And as you said, a lot of seeds were planted especially with the Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns thing coming up. And I could see that uh, eventually coming to a head at Hell in the Cell, like we said. Um, It's just a question of, are they going to unify the the tag titles as well? Which I'm a big fan of the unified championship that Roman Reigns is holding. But at the same time, I like having one unified tag team champion. But uh, maybe tonight, maybe change my mind a little bit. And I'm okay with having a raw tag team champion and a SmackDown tag team champion. 
But the, the match itself, very entertaining, very well done. Great story being told, a lot going on, and, and, and it, was, it was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, every, you just see, like, you know, all these people at the top of their game, and, and, and they delivered such a, just a fun match. But, 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 but the, the finish made no sense to me because Roman didn't need to get beat, but you knew need to start building up challenges for him for the summer. You got two stadium, three stadium shows coming up in a row. You got, mm -hmm. uh, you got uh, Money in the Bank, you got SummerSlam, and then you got the UK pay per view. Now, to me, any of the guys on the babyface side winning, and not necessarily pinning Roman. I, I wouldn't have Riddle pinning Roman, no. but you have Riddle pinning someone, and at least you have a Hell in a Cell match, which is going to be like this pay per view. It's going to be a B show, and they're you know they're going to be looking at the stadium shows. Money in the Bank is the next one that's going to have a real build. So you need an opponent for Roman for mm -hmm. for Hell in a Cell. Having Riddle beat one of the Usos do a stare down some sort of angle between Roman and, and Riddle and Randy Orton afterwards, then at least you got a challenger for Roman. It doesn't hurt Roman in any way. He didn't take the pin. And then you can leave that to him beating the hell out of Riddle at hell in the cell. And it leads to him and versus Randy Orton and money in the bank. And again, you know, it's just building these matches for these upcoming shows. I, I felt like Roman Reigns winning here did not do anything. It just, mm -hmm. it, it was kind of a lost opportunity. I'll, I'll see where they go. But it just seemed like this would have been an opportunity for a baby face to get a win. And if they pinned uh, Roman, that'd be even bigger. But I'd save that pin for a, a bigger stage. Yeah. yeah, but uh, this was a, uh, you know, I thought it was a good main event. And um, I think they did a lot of storytelling here. And so I think they have set up the next couple of months. It sounds like they know exactly where they're going. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, hopefully. A couple more super chats here. Ron Taylor, $5 super chat saying, uh, need more women's rep representation. No Bianca, Becky, Sasha, Naomi, Asuka, WTF. I thought yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And 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 the other thing, too, is, uh, yes, we had the pre-show, which is an hour long. Even if you were going to have the women on the main uh, pay-per-view, so to speak, you could have had some women's matches maybe on the pre-show. Or I think I, Bianca, you could have had Madcap Moss and Corbin on the pre-show and had Bianca and Sonia, instead of doing that on TV... Have, have had that match on here yeah uh, which would have been a good match but then again trying to follow that uh <laughs> yeah yeah well but, you could position it differently yeah definitely. you could put omos and and like yeah. you know or something else in the, in that that other spot but uh, totally yeah i agree sasha was throwing the first pitch at fenway i think mm. today okay. um so you know uh sasha she's getting all these media opportunities she <laughs> she has that superstar beyond wrestling quality and uh I'm, she's just gonna one day she's gonna get that that role that part where mm -hmm. uh you know she she becomes a superstar outside of wrestling we're going to see yeah. i think depending on how long nick khan is in wwe we're gonna see wwe turn into the adult version of disney where you're going mm -hmm. to see them start in wwe and then it's going to be co-opted by wwe that they become these big stars like she was in the mandalorian and yeah. she's slowly starting yeah. to build her pro portfolio i think mm -hmm. becky is another one they're going to do that with and you're just going to see all these crossovers yeah i mean sasha was on the red carpet for spider-man i mean you That's know right. she's getting these big media opportunities and you know mm -hmm. they're liking what they see so mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and to the point of representation, I would say in this case, you know, I, I do agree that the, it could have used more of a woman's presence, but it kind of is a credit to those women that they weren't on the show. Because unfortunately, I think WWE kind of punted on this pay-per-view. They just gave away a non-title six-man tag, treated it like a house show and probably figured, listen, we've got the place sold out. We've got the money. Let's leave town and save our big stars for a bigger show when we need to fill up stadiums and protect their star power. So I think that's part of why we didn't see so many of these big women stars uh, exposed on the show. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Uh, Allison Techbob was saying, did you guys read my last message? Tony Khan got in trouble. Now don't get a lawsuit against them. They should have learned when WWE got theirs. I think Tony's got too much on their plate. He's trying to do everything himself. So basically saying that mm. AEW should not have made this mistake. Mm. Uh, he's not running the website. Um, right. I, I get, I mean, I, I do think Tony has too much on his plate. I mean, I don't know how he does it. It's insane. Uh, but it, it's, things are going well for them. It's mm -hmm. They're succeeding. Uh, their, their ratings are good. Obviously, now that they're no longer against NXT, the year-to-year -year comparisons are not mm -hmm. going to be that drastic. I think come July, you're actually going to see them down a lot of weeks year-to-year -year just because uh, – Last July, that's when they were doing over a million viewers and like a 0 0.42, 0 0.43 mm -hmm. in, in 1849. But uh, he, he's making it work. Uh, ROH, I don't know about that. Um, you know, we saw the numbers fall uh, drastically the last couple of times they've had ROH matches uh, during a, you know, Dynamite. But mm -hmm. uh, we'll see what he does. But so far, he's been he's been doing great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like like everybody contrary to popular opinion i do wish they i want them to succeed because when they succeed the entire business succeeds absolutely does and and the only critique i have of them is they have to start appealing to that fan that uh is not the diehard you know pro wrestling fan so to speak and 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 yes you you've got them you've got them locked in they're not going anywhere you've got your you've got your base you know you got to try to expand that base a little bit and unfortunately, there might be a few things that those hardcore fans may not dig when when you're when you're you know presenting something to expand your audience. But at the same time, it's better for the company. It's better for the business overall. That's really yeah. the only way they're going to remain competitive with WWE if they're able to expand that women's audience, that audience of people who aren't particular wrestling fans. And I think they realize that as well. That's why you're seeing them uh, do a season two of what was supposed to be Rose to the Top, but they're staying with yeah. this reality show theme to get exposure for AEW in front of different audiences. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, you know, that Big Bang lead in there is thinking that was going to be a big deal, but that's even come down. So they are trying to expand it, but that is definitely, I agree, Jimmy, a number one priority, I think, for mm -hmm. AEW expand as, as much as possible mm -hmm. absolutely and uh sheet black the dollar 99 <laughs> super chat saying roh oh, no. needs to go unfortunately no well, they don't need to go well let's see what they do with it yeah. i mean if it if it doesn't work then but <laughs> if it works then why not you know? you know, if they could possibly, I don't know if it's going to be like a, a Time Warner thing or or Discovery's buying them, right, or something like that. But uh, you know, if it ends up being a you know a syndicated program again or whatever it may be, if they can get back on television, that would be a big help. Again, it's looking at the overall picture as opposed to just ROH. And yes, ROH appeals to a specific group more than uh, more than casual fans, so to speak. But at the same time. You know, again, right? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut no. you off. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go ahead. 
yeah, I mean, I, I've had my reservations about uh, Tony Khan running ROH because AEW is a much stronger brand than ROH mm-hmm. is much hardcore brand, a more hardcore brand. So it seems mm-hmm. like I could see if they do an ROH pay-per-view again and, and push it, I could see it doing well. I don't see the fourth ROH pay-per-view doing well. And um, I just think you switch ROH with AEW and it's a stronger show. It'll get better mm-hmm. ratings. It'll get better business. So what's the point of putting the ROH brand on it? Unless he has some plan that I'm not seeing and, and, and we'll see where they go. Right. But to me, AEW dark as a developmental league is stronger than ROH something as a developmental league. Yeah. And I will say, I don't think Tony Khan would have made this purchase if he didn't already have some sort of streaming deal lined up, whether it is an HBO Max, something. I don't think mm-hmm. he would have done this unless he saw uh, the potential in you know how a streaming service which needs content would be able to add ROH to that package. And right. at that point, I think they would treat it like a standalone league, which I think is exactly what it needs for any of these matches to mean something. I think that I think that was a very scary sign for ROH that this ROH women's unification match uh, did really, I thought, a, a horrible number in terms of, I know, being up against the mm-hmm. NBA playoffs, but way lower than what they're accustomed to, even with those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they need to build up this brand and some of the wrestlers associated with it. Well, mm-hmm. well, my thing um, regarding that, regard, regarding a streaming deal, what's the value of a streaming deal if there's no live component? Because that's where mm. all the sports, it's the live yes. component. Mm-hmm. WWE, the main reason, you, you're, they're not getting 200 million plus from Peacock a year if it doesn't include the pay-per-views. You know, that's yeah. having WrestleMania, having SummerSlam, having Royal Rumble, that's the value. And then the tape library, that's great, but they're not, you know, WWE before the network, before they start putting pay-per-views on, uh, they had classics on demand and things like that. Granted, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. Things have changed. But the, you look everywhere else, all of the other sports, ESPN with UFC, they get the pay-per-views. They get, they're get they making tons of money off the pay-per-views, and they have all these mm-hmm. UFC fight nights. Right. Peacock, all these sports deals they're doing are with live, uh, the live component. HBO Max, I do not see, mm-hmm. first off, I personally don't see one of their first deals being pro wrestling. They're a prestige um, outlet. I think it's they're going to have to have a few other sports sporting deals in play before they bring on wrestling. Because I just think, again, it's HBO, HBO, where you have Succession, The Sopranos, and all this prestige programming. I just don't see wrestling being one of the first things that they add. I could be totally wrong, and I hope I am, because there's not a ton of other uh, choices out there. I think Paramount is definitely an option, but uh, outside of that, for for the big money. Uh, I, I, w- I would say I do think it is kind of a long shot, but to the HBO point, I think it does have validity because the Andre the Giant documentary is one of the biggest sports documentary that's ever been on HBO. It might be the biggest in terms of viewership and eyeballs that it brought to that uh, network. It was very successful for HBO, and I think it mm-hmm. opened a lot of those executives' eyes to kind of the value in pro wrestling. And I think in this streaming war where it's like an arms race, it is very valuable for a company with a built-in subscriber base to come in and uh, add subscribers to that count. I think we're seeing that kind of with Peacock recently. Not to discount what you're saying. Yes, it is very true what you have said, Alfred, but at the same time, it is Andre the Giant, who is a name known by non-wrestling fans. Even people who are not wrestling fans know the name Andre the Giant. So, you know, the the name rings a bell, so people tune in. Right. And HBO Max, like Kevin Kellum is pointing out, uh, they're introducing uh, live international soccer in 2023. Yeah. Again, that's their first deal. That's the first one. And they have, there's not another one announced yet. 
I don't see them announcing wrestling as the second. I could be wrong. I do think they have a lot to gain if they do announce wrestling because AEW has a hardcore fan base and they're going to, they're going to subscribe if they're not already subscribing. They're going to subscribe if like live pay-per-views move. If it's ROH archives, I don't see them subscribing in big numbers. ROH and dynamite archives. It has to be a live component and uh, just, just a taped library. I don't see doing well. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, live just, uh, we saw, we saw the numbers even with the taped SmackDown last week. Yeah. The numbers dipped a bit because, you know, well, well, yeah, and that was also against the NBA. Um, True. The, the playoffs are taking everything down. But I just mean like people ordering a streaming service with the big sports money, it's all the live programming. Mm-hmm. You know, NFL, Amazon Prime is not paying for NFL archives. They're paying right. for uh, Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Mike with the five dollars super chat saying Jimmy was watching Batista versus Undertaker steel cage oh. match on SmackDown from May 2007 the other day. Yes. That was fantastic, and you were the ref. Yes, I remember that one very well. And uh, not to put myself over, as they say, I think I that match I was the first referee ever to use uh, instant replay. Yes, uh, to to come up with a decision in that match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the goats. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Uh, the tornado Anthony Y saying, I sense an F5 coming through Wichita in June. Oh. Uh-oh. Anthony Y. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on with these. Going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> behind the barricade, Anthony Y. As long as he keeps it behind the barricade, he's been uh, messaging all of our podcasts about how he is going to have a feud with Roman Reigns. And uh, we want to see dreams come true behind the barricade. <laughs> Uh, throw, uh, up there, uh, Kevin Callum saying the hook of AEW on HBO Max is fighting sub- subscriber churn. People who sub for a few movies and then leave the service, something like AEW with regular live specials, would fight the churn with diehards. And again, that's what I'm, yeah. I'm saying as well. Like, yeah. Not for the tape library, but if you have the live component. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't see it being one of the first. I can see them definitely doing it. Mm-hmm. But I think you'd have to move the pay-per-views on there. And again, is four pay-per-views enough for a big TV deal? Uh, it almost it's almost like you'd have to because again look NFL it's going to be what sixteen games seventeen games something like that uh, mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime uh, you know it's like a season as opposed to a big money deal for four shows a year it's I, I just think it's going to have to be more than that mm-hmm. but yes they will get. Uh, if it's only four pay-per-views a year, what will happen is you get a bunch of people subscribing for HBO, watching the pay-per-view, and then leaving. And so it's almost like you need some sort of monthly component. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, that's just me looking at other sports and what everyone else is doing and trying to put it into, into context. Gotcha. Absolutely. Well, a good pay-per-view. Before we get off the air, just your final thoughts, starting with you, Jimmy. Uh, again, like I said, I, I enjoyed the pay-per-view for the most part. I thought it it, it it exceeded expectations, at least for me. And uh, I like like a lot of other people, I, going into this, I was kind of like, oh, this is just a a uh, transitional pay-per-view to get to Hell in a Cell and further down the road to uh, to the other pay-per-views. But at the same time, I, I, I for the most part, I enjoyed it. I was entertained, and that's what the goal is to be entertained. Agreed. I was not bored at all the whole time. I thought it was a fun show. Again, if you missed it, the only notable thing I thought was the Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair match. Uh, that, as far as real yeah. and, and and Edge versus AJ because of the Rhea Ripley mm-hmm. unveiling, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but um, 
it was not a very newsworthy show, but it was a very fun show. Mm -hmm. Very fun show. Well, uh, we'll look forward to the next pay-per-view, which will be Hell in a Cell. I am at This Is Nasty. He is at Raj Geary 303 with an underscore, and he is at Jimmy Corderas. Follow us all in the Wrestling Inc. family. Thank you, and good night.